After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good-looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round-tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head-to-toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday. 
and thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome well the pay-per-view UFC 276 guys it's in the books and I'm here to discuss and break it all down for you we're gonna do Israel Adesanya's title defense we're gonna do Volkanovski's one-sided ass whipping we're gonna talk about Piera's big knockout over Strickland and more we got a lot to get to so let's begin the only place we should main event A lot of moving parts here. A lot, a lot of moving parts, right? What's the golden life in rule? Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Put yourself in their shoes, how would you want to be treated? Put yourself in their shoes, how would you react? It is awesome, and it is something that we should all, and I think we do. I think we do appreciate that Adesanya, who only has one job, right? There's a bargain here. We have, we've made a deal. Even if we made it with Dana directly, we still made a deal. I'm going to give you X amount of my time, and I'm going to give you X amount of my dollars. Not a penny more. And you're going to give me three to five rounds under the unified rules. That's the deal. And we agree to it. We think that's a pretty good value. We think we get a lot of time, we get a lot of action, we get a lot of fun for that fee. When you have someone like Adesanya who decides it's not enough, you have three ways that you can entertain. And first and foremost, you are an entertainer. You are on television. Got to walk out. That ain't going to be any fun. How would it be? You know the kind of focus that a guy needs to have in his walkout? That's not going to be any fun, but it could. You've got the fight. That Hell, that's anybody's guess. And you have your post-fight speech. Adesanya is the only athlete in the sport who gives you all three. It's only Adesanya. He will entertain you on the way to ring. Why did that work tonight? He gimmick infringed on the taker. I mean, you're up against it right there. You want to come out with a shtick. That's a risk. I will watch it every time. I'm likely to tell you what a bad job you did, but I'll watch. When you gimmick and fringe and you take a shtick from somebody else, it's hard, right? There's a reason the cover band is playing to 80 people, even though they're singing George Strait. When George did the exact same thing, he played in New York to 80,000 people, right? There's a reason. It was unoriginal. Why'd that work? You might think that's a simple question. It's not. That was awesome. And it was an unexpected treat. And if Adesanya had ever broke character, which is simple as, hurry up. Had he ever got out of the rhythm of those steps, if he ever even just for a moment looked up and then tried to put the hat back down, it wouldn't have worked. But it did. And he had a yearn. And he had Jared engraved on it. It was great. It really was. It really was great, particularly when you think of the appreciation that was over and above. He did not have to do that. Our bargain was already made. And when you understand, how would you like to do that? How would you like to be about to fight for your life? And I don't mean the literal, you good chance of flatlining. It's for your life, it's for your livelihood. 
for your bread and meat. How would you like to be in that pressure cooker of a situation and not have complete focus because you took it out to entertain, not yourself? You wanted to do it for the fans. You wanted to throw them something extra, right? That's a cool thing. So you get the fight itself. And a lot of people criticize. I mean, you just do. Somewhere we started this narrative of this business about finishing fights. Like, that's that exists. That's a real phenomenon. And then you look for the action and you look for the activity. I, I get those things. But when a guy comes out the other side because he's in a two-man sport and the opponent didn't, and then fill in the blanks. I would never put down Jared. That was awesome. Jared really did do a very good job tonight. Stood and traded, stood out there and kickboxed with the sports, arguably, current greatest kickboxer. Jared did a great job, and he was in shape. He was fit. He took it serious. Jared served himself well. He was not equipped with the tools necessary to handle Israel Adesanya. But when you're in one of those situations and you are scared to death, there's a criticism that will go to the winner. I don't know to the extent, and I won't know, until about Monday uh, Monday morning right around 2 o'clock. Right around the time Errol Hawani's getting done with the MMA hour. That's kind of when the final analysis of fans and pundits alike will come in on how much they want to blame Israel Adesanya for not having absolute fireworks. I don't believe it will be near as bad as the way they blamed Adesanya when he beat Whitaker the second time. You try beating Whitaker one time. You try beating Whitaker for one minute. He beat him for 25 and we criticized him. Okay. The same thing happened to Anderson Silva when guys were too scared to engage. Well, why aren't you just knocking him out? I can't not. Why don't I just knock you out? Because I can't reach you, you dumb son of a bitch. Step in here and I will knock you out. But we like to put it on them. And I'm only bringing that to you. This sport does not run on great fights. It's presented to you guys and you'll swear up and down that I'm wrong. It does not run on excitement. This sport runs on one thing, one, and I'm telling the business, one thing, anticipation. Knowing what you know now, knowing that the last pay-per-view, who was the main event there, Glover versus Prohaska, knowing that that was arguably the greatest for entertainment, for close and interesting matches, the greatest pay-per-view of all time, knowing that, and knowing what you know about tonight, We had all these featured fights that we were looking forward to. Knowing that. Take up three hours of your time, it's going to cost you $50. Knowing everything that you know now, if I told you you could only watch one card, which would have it been? Because it would not have been the most exciting pay-per-view of all time that was last month. It would have been tonight. Because of anticipation. I can bring you a night of fights that weren't overly exciting and I could do great business if you anticipated them. I can't do it in reverse. And I only bring that to you because I'm not really sure where the criticism of Adesanya comes from other than from the fact that we're absolutely spoiled. What do you want Adesanya to do? And moreover, if you are going to understand that the opponent is not stepping in and engaging, the opponent is not trying to fight because he's scared to death the same as the boys were against Anderson. What do you want to do there? You want, you want to put down Jared? He's stepping in there. He's dealing with a freak speed and freak skills, and he's not equipped with the takedown. I mean, what, what do you want to do? 
Adesanya on the way out the door hits the trifecta by letting know who he's going to fight next. And he did this, he stuck this right up Joe Rogan's ass. And I, I really appreciated it. Joe got in with the usual shtick about, well, you know, there's certainly some, uh, some things in the division that uh, are kind of coming together for Israel. Cut him off. Said, who are you kidding? It's Alex Piera. You've been telling everybody for the last month it's the winner of Strickland and Piera. Well, by the way, that's Piera. I'm fighting Piera. I loved the way Adesanya did that. Stop the crap. Stop the BS. It's me. Israel Adesanya has not had a fight since he won the championship in Australia against Whitaker the first time, where he has not announced his next opponent before he leaves. And he announced it tonight, too, and it's the right fight, and I look forward to it. And Piera is certainly a dangerous and viable challenge, but the mere fact that Izzy would not blink, he would not duck. He didn't blink and he didn't duck tonight with Jared Cannonier. The mere idea that anybody, I'm preaching to you, I know you guys aren't going to do My audience is not a bunch of dum-dums. Well, we are going to have people in the sport that begrudge Adesanya's performance tonight. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. Is Sean Strickland. Guys, what do you want to do here? Because there's, there's two ways to go about this. You want to do what's right. You want to be a sportsman. You want to do what's right. Okay, it's going to look something like this. Guys, Sean Strickland versus Piera. Piera is awesome. Wow. What speed. What power. What timing. He's the true number one contender. Turn the cameras off and go home. That's the right way to do this. But there is another side, which isn't the story of Alex Pierre. It's the story of the fight. And that's a different story. Look, there was one thing tonight that Sean Strickland had to do. Now, let me have a little bit of a come clean session for the two of you that follow us. Okay. I need to show a level of honor, which is my lack of respect for a championship in the sport of kickboxing needs to change. That guy is real. Let me start with that. But the other side, and there is a but, when I'm telling you all the things that Sean can do, when I'm telling you that Sean can go with them, when I'm telling you that that, there's no level of kickboxing versus the MMA and experience level of Sean Strickland, right? I'm betting and counting on one thing. The threat of a takedown. Piera had a fight in the UFC. Who'd he fight? What was that turkey's name? Was it Santos? Very good fight. Was it Santos though? Piera got hit a lot. Got hit a lot. We go, whoa, what's going on here? I thought this guy was the world's best kickboxer. Why is he getting hit so much? He was getting hit so much because of the threat of the takedown. Before you think you're going to correct me, go, Chael, Santos never even tried to take him down. Yeah, right. But Pierre was brand new in the sport of MMA, so he's worried and has a threat of a takedown. It was a built-in mechanism. But it is what made him worry. Ray Cepho, as good of a kickboxer as you're ever going to fight, we'll talk about that. And he went over and did MMA. Tyrone Spong, as good of a kickboxer as ever been born, we'll talk about that when he went over and did MMA. It's this threat of the takedown. You must make the guy work, whether you take him down or not. That's actually number two. And I don't say that to exaggerate. Taking a guy down is actually the number two threat of the wrestler. The first is the belief that you want to go take him down. 
it changes everything. It will change where the hands go. It will change the speed. It will change the footwork. It will change where his mind is at. You will change a guy. We will see world champion kickboxers come over in MMA and be knocked out in the first round. We've seen it a number of times by non-strikers. But the one thing that was prevalent was the threat of the takedown. Sean didn't threaten it tonight. I don't want to be hard on Sean. I want to be the opposite, which is, hey, don't hang your head. That combo would have put down anybody. You were in a bad spot, but you didn't need to be there. And he did not come out fluent and relaxed and kickboxing at first. He came out to look around what's going on, and you convinced him that he had nothing to worry about except kicks and boxing. It's wildly important that you understand that. That fight, and I actually trust that Sean was going to get around to it. It was a pretty quick fight. I don't think Sean was planning to go all night and just punch and kick and walk the guy down. I don't think. But I also don't have evidence and proof that he did it. It's very relevant. Sean's got to add that. He just does. Just does. And I'm bringing this to your attention because there's no reason to not start right now. It started tonight. And I'm talking about Piera versus Adesanya. And when I'm talking about the threat of the takedown or the lack thereof, there will be no threat of a takedown for Piera when he takes on Adesanya. It's an interesting match. I am not the best to speak on. Now, that's going to surprise you. I know I'm all of your favorites. But I would not be the best to speak on two pure kickboxers who are rematching. For a third time, they're rematching two kickboxing matches, but they're doing an MMA. Neither one has ever gone for a takedown, ever. Neither one has ever gotten a takedown. And I should say that in reverse order. Not only has neither one gotten a takedown, neither one has ever looked for a takedown. So you have a fight that has no threat. And a number of people are trying to make a very big deal about the four-ounce gloves. I think those people sound like fools, but... I need to listen, and I hope we hear from the Tyrone Spongs, the Ray Seffos, and the Henry Hoofs. I hope the Coach Rufuses, both of the boys, speak up on this. I hope Maurice Smith comes back. Guys, we've never seen this. For a kickboxer to make it to a main event is very rare. One thing we proved in 1993 is those boys don't fare near as well as the grappling arts. That's true, but not always. And now it's happened times two. This has never been done. This has never been done. My sport's seen it. The sport of wrestling. We have had two wrestling stuff and go fight for championships. Sure we have. Name a bunch of them at the top of my head. Randleman versus Couture. Coleman versus Couture. I could play this game. I'm stopping right now. I'm sharing. That's very common that we, we do very well. To get two kickboxers at the same time, the same weight class, who, by the way, made it to the absolute top. No, that hasn't happened before. Is Adesanya undefeated, guys? Adesanya's undefeated, isn't he? He's never been beaten. Was he beaten somewhere before he got to the... Is Adesanya undefeated? I did not know that he was on the path to Khabib's record, even if that's 12, 13, 14, and 0. Is he undefeated? Do we have two great kickboxers who have made it to the top of the sport in the same weight class at the same time against each other who are both undefeated? Is that right? Sure can't think of who beat Adesanya, but nobody ever talks about him being undefeated.
It's an interesting match. And what to make of it? Boy, I could break those grappling ones down for you all day long. Get a jujitsu guy versus a wrestler. You slip a judo guy in there. You do it any way you want to do it in grappling. I'll know 10 examples to give you guys. I don't have one, but you don't have one to give me either. This has not happened before. Kickboxing has not fared very well. That's true. It's not without exception. Maurice Smith showed us that. It's not without exception. But not only has it not fared very well, they're not going to fare well at the same time against each other. Remember when Machida changed karate? Remember when karate sucked and everybody found out? But, well, no, hold on. Not so fast. Turned out the guys that did it weren't the best athletes. But now we find it, it is. Imagine he made it to the finals back in his champ. Imagine he was defending that belt, but then fill in the blank against Wonder Boy. Don't think you have to correct me on the weight classes. Imagine two karate guys at the same time. The sport that had never done very well. Not only does well, it does the absolute best, and it does it on both sides of the brackets. Kickboxing is a small sport. This would be massive if we had real sports here. We brought over two soccer players. Two great soccer players are going to be in the UFC at the same time. Right? Ah, come on. This is silly and they'll be out of here, but okay, they both got signed. Some, just go. Imagine they made it to the main event for a championship against each other. Oh, by the way, imagine they had played before twice. Oh, by the way, the outcome that you think happened did not happen either time. Oh, by the way... Neither one has ever lost. Do you know how massive that match would be? Now, nobody follows kickboxing. We don't have like a kickboxing community. So they're not going to come over. We're going to get this great influx. But this is a very interesting match. And this is uncharted waters. And no matter what level of experts you want to be and you want to come out and pretend, you will be no more of an expert than what I just laid out for you right now. This has not happened before. There is no paradigm. There is no blueprint and there is no example. We need to hear from the Marie Smiths, from the Rufus Brothers, from the Henry Hoofs. We have to. The Ray Severs, the Tyron Spongs, they must tell us what to expect. And a lot is being made of the four-ounce guy. I don't think that's real. I don't. I give a goddamn in practice. And some guy, oh, God, we're going little gloves. Again. What's the difference? Little gloves, big gloves, what's the difference? Don't hurt the guy. Get really tired. Push hard. Go home in five rounds. I, I never understood it. But I also don't know the difference between a ring and a cage. I don't know the difference between a big ring and a little cage. I don't know anything about this stuff. I don't know the difference between a Southpaw and Orthodox when it comes to fighting them. I was a Southpaw. People said it was a problem. They had to bring partners in before they would fight me. They had to train with Southpaw. I don't know anything about it. I fought Southpaws. I couldn't tell you who they are. I don't know anything about it. And I think there's a whole world out there to know. I, I don't. Never. I don't know anything about it. What leg he leads, you think is going to change how I I don't know anything about it. Other people have a different opinion, including Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier, we did it tonight. It's the last things that he said. He said, Pierre knocked out Adesanya twice with big gloves. Think of the confidence he's going to have with four-ounce gloves. Is that true? Is that how it works? It's not a def it's not an adherent to defense. It's, it's all positive. I mean, I want to hear, but we got to hear from these guys, guys. Make sure you understand one thing and one thing only as you look forward to this fight. This is uncharted water. This is two athletes from a sport that has limited success who came in at the same time in the same weight class and have cleaned out the divisions, both sides of the bracket. What is Volkanovsky's ceiling? That's hard, guys. 
It's hard because we're not in a straight line bracket. It's hard because we don't have a competitive architecture. It's hard because he can't go test that even when we weigh in. If you come to the conclusion that, uh, hey, if he can make 135, he can win the belt there. Okay, great, but we we, we can't guarantee that he would get an opportunity. Hey, talk that he's going to 155, and if he does, he's going to beat Charles Oliveira. Okay, okay, great. I don't disagree with you, but I don't know that we can get him there. Now, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of ways to do that. They are just not at play for Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky was teed up tonight by Joe Rogan. He threw water on the spark of an idea that was his own idea by saying, I want to defend both belts. Now, we've never really heard anybody say that. That includes Amanda Nunes. She went ahead and did it, but she never really spoke about it. She didn't have a plan. She didn't know where she was going to go. She got a call one day from Day and I here going to this weight class. It was a little bit different. And I think that's what Volk went for. I get what Volk went for. I get that Volk was going for, I'm going to stay busy. I'm not going to screw you. Everybody else that's done this champ champ business has screwed one or both of you. Go ahead and move me up. Don't think you got to vacate down here. Don't think I'm going to leave this division. Oh, by the way, don't think you don't, I'm not going to come home and defend. I will, I will do this and not for nothing. He's the one guy that's actually done it. A few guys have talked that shtick. He actually does it. Volkanovski took this fight tonight against Max, the worst possible fight he could have. Not just because Max is the next best thing, because there was no motivation no natural motivation that we could all see. Went out there to win a championship, won for a whole bunch of money. Hell, it wasn't even a main event. Against not only the absolute hardest physical guy, mentally, that's hard. How am I going to get it? I got to want this. Very hard to want something you already have. Okay, but you find a way. Well, it's very hard to really want. So you have to want it to go five rounds. A human body is not made for five rounds of combat. You have to want, you have to have a grit for something that you already have, two of, this was a disaster of an idea for Volkanovsky. It was a disaster of a proposition that he was even called and confronted with this. And you guys happen to remember, this was on short notice. He just fought the Korean zombie. That just happened. This was not the scheduled fight. What was being looked at was Shemaya versus Nate Diaz. When that came off the board, this one was thrown together. There is no champion anywhere that will do it. Volk deserves credit. And that part of the story, you guys have already forgotten. Some of you didn't know what I just said. And the rest of you forgot and or just didn't care. It's his job to make us care. It really is. He doesn't do that. But when he comes out and says, I'll defend both. You line them up. I'll knock them down. That's the message he's trying to send. Don't think I'm going to screw it. Don't take an opportunity from me. Because you don't like when daddy leaves home for a while. No, I won't. I'll do them both. Keep me busy. And he means it. He's serious. So when you start looking at just how good this guy is, don't forget, guys, to beat him. To beat him. No one's close. To beat him. You're going to have to do something we've never seen before. And I don't mean get your hand raised. I get that he's undefeated. That's not what I mean at all. If you're going to beat him, you are either going to outstrike him. That has never happened before. You are going to submit him. That has never happened before. Or you are going to take him down for the majority. You're going to get this great wrestler that goes out there and, and, and takes him down. 
Greatest wrestler of that division seen in a decade is Chad Mendez. That's not what happened. And I'll just share for you. If you're going to be, we're going to move him up to 55. We're going to do the hardest. We're going to find out how good this son of a bitch is. All right, great. Put him in there with Khabib. Let's just get this over with. Well, Khabib has taken down 100% of his opponents, and nobody's yet to take down Volkanovski. Like, it gets interesting. It may not sell out arenas. It may not be massive business. But goddamn, the question's interesting. Where is this guy? How good is this guy? He is the greatest 45-pounder to ever do it. And you have to understand, tonight, I mean, these guys couldn't even find a way to get themselves to a main event. That, that's just the truth. But boy, do they ever deserve. I don't know who the greatest 45-pounder is. I know respect would say it's Jose Aldo. I know logic would say it's Jose Aldo or it's Max or it's Alex. It is shocking. The greatest of all time, guys. Greatest of all time is down to a list of three. Two of those three just fought tonight. The mere fact that two of the three of the greatest ever, ever for a division are competitive and busy at the same time? The older fighter won. You don't have an example in history you could show me. You absolutely do not. Your memories have lied to you and so have your eyes. The younger fighter got beat. And I don't mean that, that Volk got his hand raised. He did that two other times. It's performance-based. Are you performing better now than you did then? If your opponent lays an egg, we're not having the conversation. Hey, good job. You got away with one. Off we go. That's not what happened here. They both got better. Volk shut him out. You have not seen that. And I know you're thumbing through and you're thinking Chael's got this wrong and you're trying to go to a good source there called Google. Google has taken on Chael Sonnen's brain a number of times. And it's still a big old goose egg for Google. You will not find a time where you can show me a better performance by the numbers and or outcome. This one isn't outcome-based because they all went to vote, but now it is performance-based. It was three to two in the last one. Three to two by two judges, two to three by the other judge. So in a worst case, we got a three to two. He shut him out tonight. The older fighter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is not a time that you've seen that. What is Volkanovsky's limit? And if you come to that, tell me who's going to beat him. And if you think it's Oliveri, I'm still listening. He's going to have to beat him at kickboxing. It's never happened before. He's going to have to beat him at wrestling. That has never happened before. He's going to have to beat him at jujitsu. That has never happened before. None of those elements that equal MMA, none of them have happened before. So you can't just count Volk out against anybody, and that's even Khabib. You've got to be damn sure that Khabib can corner him, get his hands on him, and drag him down. Maybe you are. But if you are, then you're also confident that you're going to see something that we've never seen before. It's interesting, guys. How good is this dude? How good is this guy? This is a special, and this is a rare, talented guy, and he deserves credit. he got to go out, and he got to get it for himself to do all of the things that he did that I just stated for you and not be a main event. I mean, I can't go and make the biggest thing about that. I'm using that as an example that the credit isn't being shown. And a guy who's not a main event is not going to get an opportunity to go for champ champ. He's not. 
But a guy that is willing to cover the spread, that wants to fight more often than you're calling and offering, who has never said no, who has done the hard work on short notice because he's a man of his word and his word was, I want to fight and I want to fight soon. That is a guy that deserves opportunities. That is a guy that gets opportunities. But if that guy can't get that message out, let's just stop talking about it. If you're Sean O'Malley, are you upset right now? Now really think about that. I know the loose answer is yes. I have seen guys win fights, and all of them, and I do mean all. I haven't seen what Sean has had to say since his Pedro Munoz fight. I'll bet dollars to donuts he worked the following quote in, because when I tell you everybody I have ever seen says the same thing, I didn't want to win this way. So would, it, would you be of the same mind? And did Sean go out and say that? Do you have a quote where he went, well, I didn't want to do it this way. Did you hear that? And if you were in Sean's spot, would you care? I don't give a goddamn. Not at all. I came up through tournaments. Every Saturday was a tournament. I didn't get a lot of buys. I didn't get a lot of injury defaults. I didn't get a lot of forfeits in my entire career. I didn't care if I did. I'm looking to advance. I'm looking for what's next. That's it, the end. I got to pull the straps up and deal with you, or I don't, because we can work it out with a piece of paper. I do not, my, I, couldn't care less. Could not care less. I would be at the bottom of my care scale. So if you went in there as Sean Strickland, a lot of guys do this. They tried to pick on, uh, on Aljo Sterling. His opponent was disqualified. Well, there's four ways to win. What do you want me to do about it? The unified rules are clear. It's not my fault that you only hear of three. It's not my fault that the announcers only tell you three. The announcers love to come out and go, well, here's how you can win. You can win by a decision or a knockout or a submission. Well, that's not what the rule book says. The rule book says there's four ways to win. They include the word disqualification, and every now and then it happens. So I would just ask, would you care? And you know what? I, I, I got You guys can't see this. My producer, Ryan, is waving to me in the court, but I can't hear. What, what is the problem, Ryan? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I have a feeling that you're telling me that he didn't win, that it was ruled a no contest. Is that what you're trying? He's nodding yes. Okay, it looks like possibly Sean did not win. Sugar Sean. It looks like possibly... What, Ryan? Uh, I think Sean said I'm the first one to stop him. Oh, God. I'm the first one to stop him, Sean Strait. Yeah, you know what? You said you think he said. I'll guarantee you he said it. (laughs) Or something like that. But now that I am playing this, I thought that Sean won this fight. Now I'm just trying to play back. That must have been ruled a no contest because they were only in the second round. And if that was ruled an accidental eye poke, it wouldn't be enough to go to the cards, I don't think. Which would mean it was not a TKO. It would mean that you have a no contest. Is that the case? Is that what we have to look forward to? Is these two fighting again? I'll drink to that. I don't want to give Pedro a hard time. I really don't. I, I do not. When this happened and the way Pedro was blinking which was not a natural way that you would blink. It's the way that you blink when you're trying to tell a story. You're not sure who's watching. You're not sure where the cameras are, but you were trying to tell a story. The story is I'm having a hard time. Oh boy, I can't quite shake it. You're trying to tell a story. When I saw him blinking that way, I did notice it was those kinds of blinks. That was not a natural, hey, something's in my eye, blink. But I don't behoove him. I do not begrudge him. There was one completed round. 
Pedro won it. He gets a level of credit for that. He did nothing wrong. You got to always remember that. He did nothing wrong. He was out there fighting. Finger went in the eye, which is not allowed. But if you were in Sean's spot, would you be upset? Now, of course, when I sat down and I asked you that question the first time, I also thought that Sean won. I've now been confronted with the fact, no, wait a minute. Think a more reasonable guess. If I go bring up the hell, I bet you that was a no contest, which means most likely we redo that match. And not for nothing, I thought Sean was going to win this fight. I'd be very confident in telling you he'll win it if they do a rematch. Sean did not try in the first round. And whether that was strategy prior to the fight or it came up on the spot, Sean went into detective mode. He went into this, okay, I got to just learn. This guy's doing some, he's got a range issue, a little quicker than I thought. He's doing some spins. Let, let me let me just let me just calculate some data here. I'll come win the next two. And it was still super competitive. I think, and this is just one guy's assessment. I just thought when I watched that, that Sean was spending five minutes to gather the intel that he missed watching on tape. And I thought that Sean had gathered that intel. Now that's one hell of an assumption by me. I am not attempting to be rude. I'm just telling you if it, if it looks like there's a no contest and it looks like these two are going to rematch, that I would, I, I would be more bullish on Sean. I think those five minutes are really going to serve. I think he did learn some stuff. There was a height difference there. There was some spinning techniques that aren't overly common and Pedro's quick. So what do you make of the fight? What the hell do you want to do with the fight? I, I don't know. He got poked and they stopped the fight. Nobody's wrong here. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode, and thanks for listening. And if you would please remember to support the show, simply go to Apple Podcasts, find the show, and leave a review. Or give us a five-star rating on Spotify. I'm going to be back with more UFC 276 reaction on Wednesday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.